You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul. It is a pleasure to have you here again today for another 30 minutes. It's always an honor and a privilege to have you. And today I am bringing in a special guest. Mics are already hot. It is Tom Rigsby. You will remember him because of episode two, when he came on and talked about time management, about priority for focuses. He is a small business owner coach in Huntsville, Alabama. He is a big business owner's coach in Huntsville, Alabama. There is really nothing this man can't do. And today we're going to bring him on so we can start opening your eyes up to the possibilities that are around you, not just in college, but moving forward. Tom Rigsby, welcome to the show. Hey man, how you doing? I'm it, it's I'm just a blast to be here. I always love having these conversations with you. We do this once a week. We meet up and we're always like, got to get you back on the show. Got to get you back on the show. Probably could have asked you about your intro before I went ahead and just uh, cold opened you right into the show. But there's so much going on since we last met. <laughs> Tell me what life is like for you in the middle of a pandemic in Huntsville, Alabama, and you know what you've been able to accomplish within your world, coaching or otherwise. You know, it, it, it's kind of funny. It really hasn't changed a lot for me. Um, you know, you mentioned that I'm in Huntsville. That's just where I happen to be. I have clients all over the world. And so I, I do a lot of coaching via Skype or Zoom already. And the, the only thing that it has really changed for me is going out and speaking you know, getting in front of groups and being able to speak. Uh, and even that's beginning to change. I, I, I did that at lunch today. I was uh, the guest presenter on a, a Zoom networking meeting. So um, it, it's, I, you know, and then there's all the other stuff that's just the normal stuff. You know, I have to put the mask on to go shop or whatever. But, but really business-wise, um, it, it how I conduct business hasn't changed a lot. Now, one thing that has changed a lot, and I think we'll talk about this some, is that the vision for the business, right? As I talk to business owners and leaders, now, you know, as we record this, we're, we're getting into the, about to enter into the last quarter of the year, and I'm getting questions now about how are we supposed to plan for next year? I mean, we had a great, last November, we had a great plan. And then 2020 happened, right? Um, so how do you plan when you can't, when you don't know what's going to happen? And so we put a framework together to help them do that um, with a lot of words that we hear a lot, like vision <laughs> and, and um, you know, goals and things like that. But um there's some good stuff in there. I, I think will be good for 
for your audience today too. And that is really the overarching storyline that we're going to go with today, y'all, is, you know, how do you plan for next year? Well, I have done a tremendous amount of episodes on moving through this pandemic, being ready for this year. There's a ton of uncertainty that's going to be going into next year. We do certainly hope that everything is figured out in the most part and we're able to go back to some semblance of normalcy, whether it means no masks or just being able to go see a sporting event in a concert live. When Discussing with Tom why to bring him back on the show for the many, many, many reasons is that when he starts talking about how he helps businesses with vision and being able to start to understand what the plan could look like into the future, it sounded a lot like he was talking about college careers and the college uh, story arc that you're putting yourself through about this personal growth. Tom, you had a really great thing that we were discussing before we, we flipped the mics on about vision and seeing and, and learning and developing. And, and let's let's go ahead and segue into that now, because I do think that your terminology and your mindset around how to help a business grow it is a direct connection to what a college student is doing there. And if they haven't seen it yet, then you're going to enlighten them about it today. Yeah. So, you know, we, we use this word vision a lot. I use it a lot in the work that I do with my clients. You have to cast a vision for the business. That's part of what it, it means to be a leader. And, you know, we're, we're all probably familiar in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion with the vision statement on a big poster and a wall or, or something like that. But, you know, it's one thing to say you need to cast a vision. It's another thing to know what that means. And so as we were just chatting before we got started today, I, I think it means the ability to see. And, and you asked me a question about, you know, I don't, what advice would I give to a college student now? And uh, I, I thought about it for a second, but as the business coach in me, you might expect from the business coach, and I said, start a side hustle. Because for a lot of reasons and in a lot of different ways, that side hustle is going to give you the ability to see and to see things on your own, right? A great example might be, you know, if you're, if you're in an economics class, you're going to learn about supply and demand, right? And what the book says about it. And you'll memorize a definition for it. Maybe you'll understand the chart that goes along with it, maybe not. But if you go start that t-shirt business, right, you'll, you'll understand what supply and demand means. You will see with your own eyes what it means. You will see what it takes to write copy that compels people to buy a product. And perhaps most importantly, you will see what it takes to adapt to changing circumstances. You know, you, you used the word a minute ago, Jesse, normal, right? And, and getting back to normal. I, normal is just what you're used to, right? Now, popping a mask on to go in the, in the Costco or the Walmart, that's normal now, right? It's not what we did a year ago, but it's normal now. So, so normal is just what you have accepted as the regular everyday thing. And I think one of the challenges that we have had moving through this, this COVID thing is we're holding on to that vision of what we thought things looked like, right? That, that story that had been painted for us about what life's going to look like. If you commit to doing the hard work, go to school, get good grades, get a good job with a good company and benefits and 401k and two weeks of vacation and you'll be set, right? That's, 
That's the vision that was painted for us. That's certainly the old school script. Yes. But there are certainly people who are not just surviving, but thriving, sitting out by the pool with a laptop in their lap, designing a t-shirt a day, putting it up on Teespring and bringing in, you know, four, five, six figures a week. Well, that's, they didn't follow the old script, right? They had the ability to see that their circumstances presented an opportunity and they acted on that opportunity. And, and we can talk about circumstances and opportunity for a long time too, if you want to, but by acting on that opportunity, they now have created a new normal for them that doesn't include getting up with an alarm clock, making a commute into work, putting up with a, a smelly coworker and a, a boss that wants you to work Saturdays and Sundays. It's they, they've actually figured out a way to have the freedom that that before by following the old script was only available after you retired. Exactly. And I think if you guys want to go back and check out the archives, which is just what I call where all my old episodes are in whatever app you're listening to, episode 25, according to my show notes, was called Flip the Script. And that's a TED Talk where a guy says, we were used to be raised and trained to be farmers. Then we were raised and trained to be factory workers. And now we're still following the same script, even though the game has changed. The rules have right. changed. And if you've seen anything, guys, that the world can change on a dime. And now we're now the people who weren't ready to immediately pivot and figure out a different way to hustle their rent money are the ones sitting here questioning what they're going to do. You mentioned Hertz recently, what Neiman Marcus closed down. I mean, we're seeing some, some stalwarts in our economy that are falling to the wayside. American Airlines laying off 19K. So all of a sudden you start thinking, well, what is it you can do to be in more control of your future? Right, you can go off and get that amazing education, but if you're not following my seven principles, then all you do is know what you know, and you, you don't really have a philosophy to be running things through. And I love where you're going with this. What you say earlier, opportunity versus experience. Uh, it, or, it's circumstances versus opportunity. So right, beautiful. It, Talk about that. If if you look up the word opportunity in the dictionary, uh, the the definition is a set of circumstances, right? Well, Jesse, you and I can both face the same set of circumstances, right? We can both be on the side of the road with a flat tire, right? How you choose to look at it versus how I choose to look at it will define whether that set of circumstances is an obstacle or an opportunity, right? I, I can't get into the class that I need. That's an obstacle that's blocking me from what I, the way I define success. Or you could say, well, I can't get into the class I need, so I'm going to take this other class that will allow me to develop a passion project of mine. Right? You, you've used the example uh, in our pre-chat about playing the guitar. Well, maybe, you know, there's a, there's a music class, there's a guitar class that's available, right? Or, or maybe you just skip that period, that class, and use that extra time this semester to get your t-shirt business or your, your coffee roasting business, whatever your side hustle is, get that going. Um, you, you know, I can look at it at this set of circumstances and be stymied by it and say, this is preventing me from having what I want. Or I can look at it and say, here's an opportunity for me to get what I want another way. And, and that's the seeing part, right? It, it's what you choose to see. 
I mean, it, look, look at all the people who, by no fault of their own, they've been going to work every day. They've been doing all the things they were supposed to do um, and, and couldn't work. They're on unemployment, right? So do you take that unemployment and you sit there and, you know, pop Cheetos and watch Netflix all day? Or do you get your side hustle going with the extra 600 bucks you're getting a week, right? I mean, it, it's just, it's how you choose to see the world. Yes. And, and if I can sit down and talk to a person within five minutes or so, I can figure out how they see the world and I'll know whether they're going to be successful or not. Well, and that's a really great point to bring up too, because there's a lot of y'all out there listening. You're really just developing who you're going to become in your adulthood. And remember, there's always opportunities to flip yourself, to you know, to make those changes, to, to reroute your direction, right? Your, your internal compass can just decide to reroute one day. So you're not stuck on any kind of path, but there are certainly going to be words. There's going to be terminology, language usage that you have that's going to allow, you know, coaches like Tom and I to be able to say, okay, well, I see what they're running their filters through. I see their perspective. You can also see the shift. I, I just love the idea of somebody's like walking away and they're thinking, what is this episode, you know, going to hype me up to do? I just love the idea of, of being able to see other opportunities out there and being able to this side hustle thing. I think it's huge. My hotel lays me off. I've gotten more work done towards my coaching career with my podcast, with my book. I got more work done in these last five months than I maybe could have accomplished in a year because all of a sudden, 30 hours a week reopened to me. And I chose to see it as a good thing rather than a collapse of my normal structure. Well, look, here, here's, a little, here's a little test, right? Almost anywhere you are. I mean, it, it's, if you're listening to this, very likely you're in a, a college town. Just go out, so put your mask on, go out somewhere, sit and watch people. And just look, practice seeing. And look for the people who are exercising their freedom, right? Who have created the, the means of control in their life. It might be the guy painting houses. It might be the guy uh, pressure washing sidewalks. It might be the guy that owns a chain of subways. It, I mean, but, but just stop and sit down for a minute and give yourself the opportunity to see what people are doing. And, and if you don't see any of that, look for the guy or the gal on the street corner with their hand out because they're an entrepreneur also right? Maybe not the, the most effective or the, the way we would all aspire to, but what do they do, right? They've learned, they have learned that I can walk up to the window and say, hey, I don't want to get a job or I can't get a job or I'm homeless or whatever. Will you just give me some money? They've, that's one way to do it. But the good ones, the ones that have been there for a while, the ones that you see on that corner every day, they have a story to tell you right? Sit back and watch them tell that story to people and, and watch the difference it makes on the faces and the body language of the people that they're talking to, right? They've learned, right? They saw with their eyes the opportunity. They saw what worked. They saw what didn't work. And here, look, here's the, the most simple business advice you'll ever get, all right? Don't even need a pencil or paper to remember this one figure out what works and do more of that. 
<laughs> right. I mean, and the stuff that's not working, stop doing that. Now, I say that in all in all candor that I work with business owners every day who have been banging their head against the wall for years trying to get a particular way of doing business to work and it's just not working. And I say, well, have you ever thought about listing that on eBay? No, no, no. People that buy this stuff want a relationship, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, let's just put one up there and see what happens. Boom, gone in 30 seconds. Huh, that's interesting. Let's put another one up and see what happens, right? It might not be an eBay for you, but there's tons. There are tons of problems to solve, right? And that's, that's kind of our job. The other thing that I would encourage you to look for are problems to solve. The definition of an entrepreneur, I, you know, I, I use definitions that you don't find in the dictionary a lot, but this is one of them. To me, the definition of an entrepreneur, our job is to solve problems for other people at a profit. Look for problems to solve. Don't, don't, don't come up with an idea, a better way to build a mousetrap. Look for problems that people have and how you can solve them. Go back to my homeless example. They don't do it as much anymore, but they used to run out with a squirt bottle and a squeegee, right? To clean your windshield. At least they were trying to solve a problem, right? So look for problems, be still, sit down, watch what people are struggling with and come up with a solution to that. I love where you're going with this. And to go back to some comments you were making earlier about you know, do more of what is working and do less of what is not working. I can't tell you how many times I get uh, via social media, emails, even my friends' kids who are in college I've talked to, and there's something that they really excel in, and they're only taking it as, uh, as an elective, as an add-on. And meanwhile, they're over here struggling in what they've chosen to do as a major because it's going to guarantee them six figures. It's going to guarantee this kind of lifestyle, guarantee, guarantee. And I'm like, well, First of all, what is guaranteed? A company could you could keep on for ten years and they could release you, but then they're then they're not even trying to go after the the thing that they find easy, that they love, that they're passionate about. And it's like there's a my mom used to tell me this, and I still believe it, and I still think it's true. You can make a million dollars doing anything on this planet. You just have to really be willing to start up a business doing it. You can make a million dollars as a garbage man. Just start up a waste management company. You can make a million dollars as a as as a somebody who works at a convenience store. Just own it. You might need to own six of them. And I talked about this in the book, but you still can make a million dollars as a convenience store owner. So do those things that are working for you and let and release the things that aren't. And that might mean having a tough conversation with your parents about your major or a tough conversation with yourself. Well, I, I believe, Jesse, with all my heart, that every person is uniquely has a unique combination of gifts and talents. And they are given those gifts and talents and put in this time in this space for a reason. And that reason is to do work that matters. Now work, you know, the work, work that matters is just making a difference in somebody's life. Right. It's like the old starfish story, right. You know, where the kids walking down the beach and all these starfish have watched, washed up on the beach and he's throwing the starfish back. And another person coming the other way says, what are you doing? You can't possibly throw them all in. Why are you why are you throwing some of them back in? He's like, because it's making a big difference for the ones I'm throwing back in. Exactly. You, you know, you, you can't, you can't change everybody. I'm a business coach. 
There are millions of businesses in the United States, hundreds of millions of businesses across the world, right? But I can't help them all, right? But my company, our business limits our client count to 250 clients. And that, that's the most, that's the most that we want because we want to give the best we can to the ones that we have. If we get too many, then we can't serve them all, right? So we look for the people who, who can see, who have the vision. They just need help with some of the tactics and the details, right? And to Jesse, you know, I, I mean, to your point, there are musicians that make a lot of money. Most don't, but some do, right? So to say you're never going to make a living doing that um, is assuming that you're going to fail. And right. th that assumption will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe you're going to fail, you start acting as if you have already failed, and then you will fail. But if yep. you believe you're going to be great, then you start acting as if you're already great. And then you become great. I, I remember reading something about the, about the idea of pre-failing before you fail. And it, you can really start to sabotage yourself on something so small. You know, you think, okay, well, I don't assume I'm going to fail. And there's always the possibility. So then you start, maybe you don't put in that extra 10% of effort, or you don't get up 20 minutes earlier to, to study this or to, you know, get that website URL locked down for your t-shirt business. And, it, and it's these little micro actions that actually are what adds up to the big fail, not the big ones. We can all sit down three days before a test and cram or three days before a paper do and and slosh something that you know at least sounds tangible out but it's those little tiny micro actions that become these bigger habits that's what we're talking about here guys is these it's this little idea like oh well i'm gonna fail so i'm not gonna practice the guitar for an extra 10 minutes today because what's 10 minutes well if you thought about if you said that every single day then that's what 300 3,650 minutes you just wasted not practicing every single year over the guitar because that was 10 minutes a day. So right. I love what you're, you're, you're asking people to really step into this idea that they are a small business. Now they are, they are going to school, but they are still a small business. They're just learning a lot, but they could actually be doing stuff towards their ultimate goal. And they could start that in college and get ahead of so many other people if this was a game, I'll, which is I'll, sort of is. I'll tell you a great story. I'll tell it on my wife and I've used this before. I have her permission. I know she doesn't mind me telling the story. When she was growing up, she wanted to be a nurse and you know, life circumstances didn't permit her to go to school to learn to become a nurse. And so, you know, fast forward 15, 20 years and now we're in a place life circumstances um, provided that she could change jobs. And I said, well, you know, you've always wanted to be a nurse. Won't you, won't you be a nurse? He said, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll like it. Maybe I don't want to put all that effort into it and then find out I don't like it. I'm like, okay, we'll find something in the medical field in the industry so you can see whether you like it or not. Well, it turns out to be a certified nurse's assistant, I think is what it stands for. It takes two weeks and like $800 for the class and you can become a CNA and you can get a job at the hospital. And if you have a job at the hospital and you take classes to be a nurse, the hospital will reimburse you for it. So it's a great deal all around. Leave it to the money guy to, to bring that point up. Well, <laughs> what she figured out, so she that's, that's what she did. She went and took the class, immediately got a job. They hired her right away. 
and she immediately went to work on the floor working with patients and figured out that that was not what she wanted to do and she looked at the different roles that that nurses at different levels played in their career and said yeah i'm just this is not what i thought it was well so so then she kind of gets frustrated and and disappointed with that and apologizes to me for doing that. I was like, why are you apologizing? I'd much rather you have spent two weeks and then a couple of months working there to figure out this is not the thing for you to do than to spend all this time going to school and the money going to school and the studying and put yourself through that stress and then get there and feel like you have to because you've made that investment in it. This is a much better way to find out what works and what doesn't work for you. Now, Jesse, I, I, and, I, and I will say also, there is a difference between making a living and living a life. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. It is possible to go get a degree and get a job that pays well, that makes a living for you but it also creates space so that you can live a life. I, I hope that makes sense. Is that? It, well, you know, I used to, I, I know of a saying called, are you living to work or working to live? Yeah. Is this go, does this go beyond that where you're actually uh, living and, and you create enough space where work as a or work is part of it, but there's also plenty of space for living. So well, you're, you're not really working to live or living to work. You're just living and work is a part of what you do. It's not all consuming. Yeah. So very frequently I get calls from burned out business owners and the way they describe it is I I, I need help with work-life balance. And I just tell them straight up, there's no such thing, right? Work is part of life. We, uh, that's, it's as much a part of life as eating and drinking and sleeping and all the other things that we have to do. Um, when you try to segment them out into separate things is when you create extra stress for yourself. I learned from, for me, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably around 30, 30, between 30 and 35. And and had a couple of kids at home. I was working 70 or 80 hours a week. Let me say that again. I was working 70 or 80 hours a week. That's a lot. It's 16 hours a day, if right? Yeah. yeah. Not that much, yeah. Because, you know, 40 hours a week is eight hours a day. Well, so. if you only work five days a week, it'd be right. 16 hours a day. I work seven days a week. But what I figured out was, holy crap, I'm missing out. I've got two kids at home, three kids at the time, it, that they're only going to be kids for a while. Then, then they're going to be grown and gone. I need to be home with them. I can work for the rest of my life. So that, that was kind of the epiphany point for me where I started looking for jobs and then later on started designing businesses and, and designing work that allowed me time and location freedom, allowed me to work when I wanted or mostly when I wanted and mostly where I wanted, just like now. I live in Huntsville, Alabama, because that's where my family is. My parents are here. I want to be close to my parents. Um, But I have clients all over the world. Now, because they're all over the world, sometimes I'm talking to clients at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, right? 
I do my best not to schedule any early in the morning so my wife and I can get up and have coffee out on the back porch and spend, the, you know, some time together in the morning before I get into work. And so that's kind of the vision, right? When, once, I, once I could see, in my mind's eye, I could see this idea of time and location freedom, then I just started asking the question, does this job, does this opportunity move me closer to time and location freedom or does it move me further away? And just like, you know, find the things that work and do more, I found the things that moved me closer to time and location freedom and did more of those. Mm -hmm. Now, was it perfect? No. I mean, life happens, circumstances change, companies get bought. But generally, I'm moving in that direction, right? And it's just like, I've used this example with you a lot. You know, if, if um, I'll do it this way. If you were going to drive here to see me, right, you would get any, any highway that generally headed east would work, right? And it wouldn't matter until you got closer and closer to the destination, you know, kind of which choice you took. But so as long as you're moving in the right direction, you know, that's the important thing. And, and then I guess the final thing I'll say on that is be willing to adapt. And, and you know, we can, I, I can cast a vision for his time and location freedom, for example. I could see that that was what was going to give us the opportunity to, to live the life and lifestyle that we craved. And it didn't always work out. Right. I mean, I had businesses that failed um, and, and we had to make adjustments from that. Um, but be open to the idea that the plan that you have now. That, I mean, there's a reason they make whiteboards, right? And so you can erase them and start over. And and sometimes you just need to do that. What I thought was going to be the right path. Turns out that's not how to do it. OK, well try something different. And I remarkably, Jesse, I learned this lesson playing poker. I decided I wanted to learn how to play Texas Hold'em. So I just, I dove, I went all in trying to figure out how to win at this game. And one of my mentors made a comment to me uh, and he said, putting more money in the pot doesn't make a bad hand better. <laughs> right. So if you've got terrible cards, even if you've already bluffed, right, just throw them in and start over because it's much better to do that early, kind of like my wife did exploring that nursing career. It's much better to do that early than it is to invest all that time and, and emotional capital into heading down a path that you thought was right only to find out that there's nothing at the end of the road when you get there. So much to, to explore there. But one of the things y'all in the college to keep in mind is that this sounds like a great opportunity. If you want to be a nurse or if you want to be an accountant, you want to get into finance, going and finding a job. If it can't be directly working in a hospital or directly working on wall street, you can at least find jobs that will get you an idea of what that career would actually look like moving forward and get some experience in it and make sure that that's something that you really enjoy doing. 
right? Before you just blindly spend four years in college getting your art history degree, just to find out that there's not a whole lot of art, art supply places or, you know, art studios doing exhibitions and, and selling of Mona Lisa's, right? And two, another thing that you discussed in there that I loved, you know, on top of getting some experience, seeing if you even like what your major is leaning you towards, is having that flexibility. You talk about being okay, adjusting or throwing it, you know, throwing the cards in and saying, all right, let's try a different approach. Guys, I know you've read the book, so you know that principle number six is exercise flexibility. And this is where planning is planning is priceless and plans are worthless. And we talked about that before as well. I know Tom's chuckling over there because this is something that he talked to me about and I've since repeated to you guys umpteen times. So if you're looking at things flexible and you're, and you're starting to expand your vision past just what your major is and start thinking about a hustle, you can do all the planning you want. But if, if you ultimately are working for somebody else's dream, then you are at the mercy of when they have decided that you are no longer a part of what they're trying to put together. So if you're working for a mega corporation, as soon as you're getting in the way of the bottom line, they will release you. And now the dream of you having a 401k and spending time on the beach with your, with your spouse at 50 while your kids are off in college was shattered because now you're searching for a second career at 44 years old. So would you rather not find a way to create your own dream and work toward your own dream and put your own energy into it? And you can still get a business degree or a finance degree or a child development degree. And instead of going and working at a daycare, you start up your own tutoring service online or you start up your own business, but you are now in creation of your dream. Doesn't mean a pandemic still can't shake you to the core, but at least you've built those talents up around how to be an entrepreneur, how to fulfill your own vision. And even if you had to file bankruptcy two or three times, you still already have that knowledge. And Tom, you've done this. You've watched businesses that you had a lot of faith in. They got shook to the core. You had a, you had a walk away from them. It, it may have hurt at the time, but you were flexible. You saw that you learned a lot from it and you were able to take that knowledge and then go put it into the next business. And then that one was a success. You can't guarantee everything will always work out, but you can at least learn from each experience. Yeah. I, I you know, Back in 06, 07, 08, we had a business. Man, we were just setting them up and knocking them down. We were doing I had right. one of those businesses. I lost a marketing business in that crash. So yeah. keep going. I, I know what and, this feels like. <laughs> and, and I mean, it was going so well. I was like, well, you know, and we were making so much money. It was crazy. And I said, well, you know, we really need to diversify. Let's get in. Let's buy a franchise in a completely different industry vertical. So we can, you know, protect ourselves. We wound up losing both of those businesses about two months apart. Um, and and that that was uh, that was not a happy time for Tom. No, you've told me this story. I know it hurt to watch both of those businesses. You put so much of your heart and soul into just be wiped away. And again, not even your fault. No pandemic there. It was a housing bubble that was created by people overpricing properties and sending out toxic mortgages and then wrapping those up around 401ks. I mean, the whole economy came to a grinding halt and people lost bazillions. The thing to remember though, Jesse, is that, and for everybody listening, it can be a housing bubble, it can be a pandemic, it can be an election, it can be whatever, right? And there's always gonna be some circumstance that creates a condition that changes the market from what you thought it was going to be. We, we sit back and say, I, the, you know, this, this franchise that we bought into, 
right? Was food related. We're like, this is great, man. Everybody, everybody has to eat every day. So we'll never, you know, it'll be awesome. Too well, good to fail. Right. It was too good to fail. It was too good to last very long is what happened. <laughs> because, because my vision at that time did not foresee, you know, 20% of the workforce being unemployed and homeless. And, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, yes, food is something that they need, but they could get food a lot cheaper than they were getting it from us. And that's what they did. And I understand that. I mean, I don't got no issue with that. Um, what I failed to do, and this is why I'm so passionate about this topic now, is I, I, I failed to understand that that the party doesn't last forever, right? That you can do all of the work. You can train your whole life to be a football player. And you can go to workouts, you can go to camps, you can, you know, put in the extra work, you can play travel ball, you can go to the best college. And then when you show up for the first day, if the field's, you know, striped and painted for baseball, None of that matters. And, and so what we don't have control over is the market. And, and, and I call that the playing field, right? So the, the field's going to be whatever the field's going to be. And you have to be able to see, well, I was prepared for a rectangle, you know, that was 100 yards long or 120 yards long. And I show up here and, you know, there's, you know, three bases, a home plate and a pitch. Okay. I have to adapt. I can sit here in the outfield and pout about it because this is not what I was told was going to happen, or I can figure out how to play this game. Now, there's a theory that, and I do, I do agree with this theory, right? That if you can't win the game, change the game, right? But, but you still have to play that game on this field, the same field that everybody else is playing on, right? So be, be adaptable to what's going on. And, and here's the other thing, Jesse, right? Whatever you do, for God's sake, whatever you do, don't follow the herd. The herd's going off the cliff, <laughs> right? I mean, if well, the people in the front of the herd already ate all the grass, so if you're in the back of the herd, you're ain't, you're getting slim pickings. And the scenery never changes, right? So find your own way, right? If people think you, if if people say, "Man, you're crazy. Why would you do that?" That's a pretty good indication that you're on the right track. Yeah, you know, I we're gonna get you out of here on this soon, but you know, there's so much to dive into, we'll have to get you back out on the show. And one of the things, again, it's, you know, for uh, the other day, I was thinking about this people literally who are freshmen in college right now, when that's assuming that it's 18 years old, and this is the year 2020, were not even born when 9-11 happened. And they were maybe seven to nine years old, depending on, right, whatever, whenever the housing bubble caused the entire thing to come crashing down. So this is really the very first time that they've seen the entire country stop on a dime over something that really, you know, it is what it is. You, you couldn't see it coming. And now we're dealing with it. That being said, guys, 
you can learn from all this historical precedent that's just come from this millennium alone. 9-11, the housing market yeah. crisis, you know, you, you watch administrations change and the way the economy changes with it. You can watch the stock market crash by 10,000 points and then four years later, it's up to higher numbers than it's ever been. You have to just start to see like, okay, well, what's going to happen? It's happening now while you're in college. What happens when it, it's it, Whenever you're 30, it's about every 10 years, we have one of these calamities. We had 9-11 at the beginning, 2008 to 2010 was the housing market. Here comes Corona. So just assuming this is once every 10 years and it could get worse. It could be once every five years soon. What do you got for the next one in 10 years? Where are you positioning yourself to be able to pivot? Where are you displaying this flexibility that Tom keeps talking about, treating yourself as a business and understanding that you have to be able to adapt to the market? And if you can change the game. But if you are just an entry-level employee at a gigantic corporation, you aren't giving yourself a whole lot of opportunity to stop on a dime and pivot. You right. literally know what you know within that job. And if you, you know, praise be, you're following my seven principles, then at least you've got that under your belt. But otherwise, you really are at the mercy of the market. And I don't think that if you've noticed anything around what's going on, being at the mercy of the market it means you have zero control. And it doesn't sound like what from what Tom is talking about. You want to find yourself in a position to have no control. Well, let, let me let me say this, Jesse. As we're starting to wind down because seriously, we could keep doing this for a couple of hours. If you, uh, I think the stat is something around seventy percent of the families in America could not miss one paycheck. Yes. Whenever we saw the government shut down, we realized most people didn't have enough money in their bank account for a one $400 surprise bill. Right. Um, the only people that that applies to, so the other, who, what are the other 30%, right? Well, some portion of them can maybe make it two weeks or maybe a month, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's a portion of those, 10, 15% of those who might have a job but they don't depend on that job. That job is an opportunity for them to do the things they enjoy, to be around people that they want to be around, to explore new possibilities, but they've got other stuff going on, right? I want to take, you know, let's use this example and kind of imparting here is JCPenney. We talked about pennies and Sears and some of these long-term companies, Hertz, that are, are all in bankruptcy. J.C. Penney's 118 years old. 118 years this company has been around. And one of their employees at some point in time was this fellow named Sam Walton, right? And if you don't know who that is, you should know who that is. Because he started Walmart. And the Walton family now is the wealthiest family in the country, even more money than Bezos, right? As a family. And they are in the top five, five, top 10, definitely top 10 wealthiest families on the planet from Walmart. Uh-huh. And this 118-year-old company that gave Sam Walton the idea for Walmart is in bankruptcy right? The playing field can change. The playing field will change. And what you thought was going to be there might be there, might not. What will make you successful along with 
all of the other, along with the, the six other principles out of Jesse's book is flexibility. Okay, what I thought was going to be here is not here. Now what? Right? And just like with the baseball and football example, I can sit here and cry about it or I can get up and do something about it. And if you want to have control of your life, if you want to have the freedom that everybody wants, in order to have that, you have to be in control. If you depend on the paycheck that gets direct deposited every other Friday, you're not in control. If you if you depend on an increase in the minimum wage or you depend on a federal stipend on top of your state unemployment or you depend on your parents to make deposits into your bank account, you're not in control. You know, and, and, and I'll say this too, it's, it's about way more than money, right? Money's just the yardstick we use to keep score. But, but you are giving up control to someone else. And, and if you want to do that, great. But understand that that's what you're doing. And understand that if you want to have the life and lifestyle that you crave, you need that control. And to do that, you have to have vision. You have to be able to see. You have to be able to learn. You have to be able to adapt. I love all of that. <laughs> Go back, guys. Listen to that last seven minutes all over again. Maybe it was five. It doesn't matter. It was full of chocolate, <laughs> juicy nuggets. You know, we are rolling out of here. I remember when I mean, you kept saying flexibility, my brain went back to Friday night when the girlfriend and I were looking for a place to eat. And each place we went to was either getting ready to close or wasn't even open because of the pandemic. And so, you know, we literally went from Black Bear Diner and then we were started thinking about another diner. And next thing you know, we ended up in front of a Thai place. And each one of these Mediterranean keeps being closed. And five restaurants later, we end up at another Mediterranean place. And what it got me to thinking was there are certain decisions that are going to come about where the flexibility needs to happen substantially faster than others. Figuring out a restaurant, you can't stand in the parking lot for an hour. Now it's going to be 11. Definitely everything's closed. Now, when it comes to a job choice that y'all are looking to make, a major, you know, where you're going to live, some of these, the flexibility, it can take a little time. Showing up on the ball field and it was supposed to be football and now it's baseball, you got to figure out right then and there, are you going to pick up a glove or are you just going to go home and sulk? You need to make it a little bit quicker. There's other ones, yeah, you should be able to give yourself a little time. So I say all of this just to, just to let you know that there are some time allowances for the depth of the decision that needs to be made. But sitting there in uh, instability or unflexibility for three months passes up a ton of time you would have had to just pivot, go try a nursing job. Nope, didn't work. Well, at least you didn't spend four years in school figuring that one out. And boom, now you get to move along to the next thing. You know, out of all of these things, and everything matters. But I think Tom summed it up at the very end there. It's this adaptability idea. Are you figuring out a way to make your life adaptable to what's going to come around the bend? One of the reasons I was so excited to get Tom on was because we keep talking about what this pandemic is going to mean to this semester. And I really wanted us to start visioning out further, depending on whether you're a freshman or a senior or somewhere in between. There are a lot of opportunities to still learn different methods to be more adaptable in your career. And I really, really persuade you. I'm really trying to make it an influential moment right now that you start thinking outside the box and looking at ways that you can grow your skill set while you're in school so that when you get out into the quote unquote real world, your mindset is ready to adapt at a moment's notice because you just don't know. Tom, you got 
one final statement for all of the college success habits listeners out there. If you could talk to everybody going to college, whether they're traditional, non-traditional, whether they're in 12 years old in middle school, or they're 74 years old going back to University of Phoenix online. Is there a message that you would have for them right now when it comes to an overall generalization of what we've just got done talking about for this last 40 minutes? Yes, and it's going to be an intro to another 40-minute discussion. Oh, we're, we, we, uh, I know. We, we're going to start hitting record more often on these things and just start making well, you a monthly guest. Well, here, here's what, well, this will just be the teaser for the next episode. Um, I don't know, 20 years ago, the, they introduced this idea of leasing a car instead of buying a car with the idea that you pay, you only paid for the car for the time you used it. Um, I, I like to think about that in, in terms of, of life, right? And, and a lot of people might look at training their whole life to play football and getting to the, the big game. And it's, it's a baseball field that's laid out and think, well, I've wasted my whole life. Except you made some pretty great friends while you were doing that. And you're in pretty good shape. And you learned some skills picked up some leadership experience. There's value in everything that happens, right? Part of seeing is seeing the value, right? As Jesse talked about, you know, how he saw the value in, in the time that he spent away from work um, during the, the virus, find the value in what you're doing and enjoy the value today. It's, I mean, I know this sounds a lot like YOLO, but that's not what I'm saying. But, but take a minute and just enjoy what you're doing today for the value that it provides today. Okay, and and I'll go back to, and now I'll stop at this point. the The quote that Jesse abused a few minutes ago that I use all the time is, "Plans are worthless, but planning is priceless." And that was by General Eisenhower. And a lot of people might think, well, if the plan is useless, why do I need to do it? What's the value in the plan if the plan is useless? Well, it's because planning is valuable. Thinking through the possibilities is valuable. Considering what to do if this happens versus that happens is valuable. So find the value in the circumstances that you enjoy today and live in that value. And, you know, tomorrow will take care of itself and yesterday's already paid for. So just enjoy the day. Great message. That's awesome. You know, when you start doing the football metaphor, it makes me think like if somebody spends their entire life working toward the NFL and then they blow out their knee and they think, well, that was for nothing. But then you go off and you see all these NFL players with, with, with former blown out knees that are now head coaches, or they're now running a sports conditioning company or they're businessmen because they, they learned so much about teammates and leadership, or, you know, the list could go on for how they took the skills they learned becoming this amazing athlete and then figure out a way to utilize those skills in, in another field that had nothing really nothing is like being an NFL player, but yet they were able to take that skill set that they, they gathered and put it towards something else. Here's a great example. I promise I'll end on this one. Um, Phil Jackson was a pretty good basketball player. He wasn't great, never made a name for himself. He was okay. 
He's, you know, a lot better than me. So don't, don't mistake that. But he was an okay basketball player. He could have ended his career when his time in college was over and we never would have known who he was. The only reason maybe that we know who Phil Jackson was, was because he took what he learned trying to better himself as a basketball player and help this young man named Michael Jordan become a great basketball player. Mm -hmm. Right. And he could look at his all the time he spent in his childhood and call it a waste because he couldn't play pro ball <clears throat> or he could apply it and make something even greater than he could have been on his own. You know, for those of y'all listening to this, thinking this is the testosterone hour with Tom and Jesse because of all the sports analogies, you all know enough about sports that you can get the metaphor and the analogies that we're throwing out. And it's overall, it's, you know, you could have spent the last eight years thinking you were going to be a scientist or, or a dancer or whatever it might be. And now all of a sudden we're saying pivot and maybe you're thinking I should pivot. Just don't throw away all of that you've learned and think that none of it mattered. It, it all mattered. You just need to sit down and say, what are the skills that I have gathered over my years and what different areas, what different careers are now available to me because I know how to write a thesis paper or I took public speaking classes or I know what a, 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 a obtuse angle is versus, is that right? An obtuse hypotenuse? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As Pythagorean, he, Pythagoras, he knows. But there's all these things that you've gathered that you can then go off and utilize in so many different areas. And that's what we're discussing today. That's what this whole thing's been about. Your adaptability, your flexibility, your ability to see everything that's going on around you. When you see the painter or you see, or you see the gardener or you, you see somebody out there doing entrepreneurial work, they have created a control in their own life that where they can dictate what they're going to be doing and what they're going to be earning based on their own amount of effort. I'm just saying, stop worrying about clocking in and instead maybe start thinking about creating something on your own. That's it guys. We will literally sit here and keep wrapping this up four more times. If we don't roll you out of here right now has always inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy release and flow. Come back next week for some more gyms. Tom, we're going to have you come back more often than once every two years. All right. Okay. That's a deal. All right, guys, you guys take care of yourself. Have a splendid one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.